You are listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. It is the Diamond District Bonus Hour, exclusively to the 239. Thanks so much for being with us, Miller and Moulton. Um, We only briefly mention this because we've talked a lot of things if you weren't with us between six and nine uh first off you missed david sampson you missed ron cyrak talking uh tiger speeds dq future of the pga tour brad gilly and daytona just had a terrific interview with brandon stroud senior guard on the south florida men's basketball team usf not ranked gators are well done florida winners of eight of nine you went from being outside the bubble, on the bubble. Hell, you're in now. By the way, great chance for them to even further their resume here because they get Vanderbilt twice down the stretch here. They do have to play Bama. They do have to play South Carolina. But good on the Gators for taking care of business. Absolutely. Shelby has them as an eight seed right now. Shelby Mast, our bracketologist, right now has the Gators as an eight seed in the tournament. So, um, But we have not talked a ton about a story that, well, it's come about here in the last couple days. Spring training, Mark. Hey, hey. Even though we got a whole bunch of free agents still unsigned. But that spring pitchers and catchers, baby. Spring training. You know what that means. That means guys talking to the media and they haven't given interviews in four months. So, okay, it's good to see you again. Hey, can I ask you a few questions? Absolutely. And so, Anthony Rendon of the Angels was interviewed. And somehow, some way, he gave off the appearance that, well, I don't know, this, this whole playing baseball isn't the most important thing to him. And see, Rendon signed a seven-year, $245 million contract after winning the World Series with the Nats. And the problem is he's hardly played since then. A series of injuries. I mean, literally, the guy's average playing about 50 games a year for four years. I mean, this is right now, this is going to go down as one of the 10 worst contracts, certainly in baseball history. This could go down if this continues. It's one of the 10 worst contracts in pro sports history. And so, Mark, Rendon was interviewed. Did you see or hear what he said? Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> baseball's never been a top priority for me. That, that, I mean, there's a lot that he said, mm-hmm. but I think that's the key line of the interview. Baseball is not a top priority for me. Now, let's go full quote and then see if people change their tune because needless to say, when you see Anthony Rendon says baseball is not a top priority for him. Well, you're $35 million a year, third baseman for the Angels. I, I think a few people would like for you to make it a priority. But here's the full quote. It's never been a top priority for me. This is a job. I do this to make a living. My faith, my family comes first before this job. So if those things come before it, I'm leaving. All right. I mean... He was asked to follow up if it was a priority at all. And he said, oh, it's a priority for sure because it's my job. Right. So 
is that actually a mature, accurate answer? And those of us in sports need to get over it and realize what this is? Or is that ridiculous on his part? Is that insensitive on his part? Does he also need to realize, dude, you've missed over 100 games a year for each of the last four years. I mean, you're, you've been, people are saying you're stealing money. I mean, hard to argue with them that it's not a top priority because it hasn't been. (laughs) Well, I, I mean, Anthony Rendon barely plays more than Tiger Woods. Hello. Out of the 546 games that he could have played in as an angel, he's played in 200 of them. That's less than 40%. Just so you know, 182 would be 33%. So, you know, do the math as to where you think, you know, he is. 35, 36%. I mean, Mark, you and I have debated, you know, the grading system growing up in Jersey, Michigan, and other states, but I'm pretty sure that's a failing grade. Now, sad injuries. You know, surgeries, the whole deal. But, yeah, that's where we're at. Could I argue there's an element of he's won a World Series and he's 33 years old and he probably just is at that point in his career? I don't think he would have said this 10 years ago. Mm. That's the the interesting part. That's actually the – it's a great stab at trying to save him. But the fact of the matter is – He's felt this way since he was 24, basically. And he brings up something that, you know, Pat Kerwin has brought this up with a couple of prospects. Like Pat Kerwin said this about Josh Rosen to us before the draft. Pat had a chance to sit down with Josh Rosen for about 15 minutes before the draft. And he asked Josh, what what fires you up? You know, what? And Josh Rosen's answer was tennis. And Pat Kerwin, you know, okay. When the interview was over, Pat said, I would never draft this guy. Because there are some athletes out there who just don't have the hunger to play the sport. They play it because they're really good at it. And they can make a lot of money at it. But they don't live it. It's, you know, it's a job. I mean, didn't we get that feeling about Jay Cutler? Whether yes, it was true I think that's or not. A, no, no, you're right. Isn't that the the you know the attitude that Jay gave off? He's like, I'm good at this, and that's why I do it. But I don't know. Can is can we go to Cabo? You know what? Jay wasn't gentle in the face. <laughs> no, he was not. He was not gentle in the face. Neither was Jeff George. Okay. Jeff George, Jay Cutler. My wife, if you're just joining us, told me uh, that I need to be, quote, more gentle in the face. Apparently, my looks are harsh. They're unsettling. So I need to be more gentle in the face. So that, that could be a recurring theme on the show. Miller and Moulton occasionally not gentle in their face. So... 
You're right, Mark. And I will say, Anthony Rendon, when answering these questions, did not come off as gentle in the face. Or anywhere else, for that matter. So, what do you do, though? I mean, come on, Mark. Listen, what we do, we have a passion for. We've done it as our prominent job our whole careers. But there's other things that we've done. Okay, but we have a passion for this. And believe me, we could have made a lot more money doing other things. I mean, we've tried to talk Trent out of this. Leave. Get get a real job. Make real money. He's got a passion for this. This is what he wants to do. You get the sense this is not Anthony Rendon's passion. He just is really good at it. Now, if they were to actually win a few games... In April, people would forget about it quickly, but they won't because they'll be the Angels, and this story will persist throughout the year. Oh, he's got three years left on his contract at 35 per. I mean, there are not a lot of baseball players making more money a year than Anthony Rendon. This ain't the NBA. Okay, $35 million a year, I don't – there aren't 10 players. I mean, Judge is making 40 Judge, I mean, Freddie Freeman's making ten million less than Anthony Rendon. I mean, you know, come on now, Anthony Rendon might be a top five highest paid player in the game right now, and he's like, eh, I mean, now you know it's tough to argue. Puts his family and his faith ahead of playing third base for the Angels. Eh, I can respect that. That part of the quote isn't the prickly part. The prickly no. part is when he he went out of his way like three times to say, "This is my job. It's a job. That's all it is, basically." Right. right. And that's where you could see where fans, in particular, I mean, the media was pushing back when answering follow ups. Are kind of like, "Dude, really?" I mean, I I know technically it is, but don't hear a lot of athletes talk about it as a job. Right. I'm here, aren't I? Right. I mean, he was very. He very much did not give off a gentle face in this interview or a gentle anything else. He pushed back. Let me ask you this. What percentage of Major League Baseball players do you think have similar feelings as Rendon, which is, I don't love this, but I'm really good at it and I'm well paid and I'll do this for as long as I can because I don't know if I can make money at anything else like I can do this, so... I think a quarter to a third of the league feels that way, that it's their job, that they don't, that they're great at it, it's their job, and and that's just is what it is. But they don't love it. For Which, whatever reason. A manager, the system, right. the travel, their yeah. families, they don't get to see their family. There are a lot of reasons where they can mm-hmm. just take it as a job. I hear you. By the way, what do you think the percentage is in, quote, unquote, the real world? I mean, I think it's much higher. I well, I would double it. I would yeah. just double it. I would. I might triple it. I. I think very few people are actually doing what they love. I think they're doing what they have to do to pay the bills. Absolutely. And that's why you want to pull Anthony Rendon aside and go, "Listen, I could even argue that what you said is a hundred percent accurate." Okay, that in terms of the real world. 
I mean, dude, do you know what the real world's going through? Should lead to some great comments when he's in the on-deck circle on the road. <laughs> or at home, for that matter. I mean, yeah. if he's not playing well, he'll get it worse at home than he will on the road. Yep. That is a great point. And I'll be interested to see if any other athletes step forward and say something in the coming days, weeks, leading up to the – I mean, maybe not just baseball players, but football players. I actually think more athletes will defend him than criticize him. Yeah, I agree. Really? Yeah, I do. I don't know I, about criticizing him. Maybe maybe you're right in that statement. More will defend him than criticize him, but a lot more will run to the microphone and say how much they love the sport that they play without bringing Randone into the conversation. I love this game. I love this guy. The Bonus Hour, brought to you by Jason and Todd at the Diamond District. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. 21 minutes past the hour. Good, bad, and ugly. What's on tap today was the day when, along with some final thoughts and a pick or two, big night of college hoops coming up. Hey, um, we have to do this once a show. We have to do a football segment, no matter the day of the week, time of the year, what have you. We have to do a football segment. Teams beginning today can start placing franchise tags on players. They've got two weeks. And after that, the opportunity has come and gone. Free agency starts in three weeks. So there you go. But it really starts sooner than that because I think it's March 11th that uh, teams can start talking to, you know, guys who aren't theirs. And so we all know that, you know, deals get done days in advance and stuffed in a drawer. But, Mark, um, breaking news, breaking news. Justin Fields is going to the Falcons. Yep. Justin Fields is going to the Falcons. And I say that that's breaking news because he has unfollowed the Bears on Instagram. He it, All his social media has nothing to do with the Bears anymore. And he is following B. John Robinson, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London. So there you have it. All right. Justin Fields to the Falcons. It's a done. Done deal. I actually I I don't know. I'm just I'm following the evidence. You're just you're playing the social media game. Reading the can, tea leaf. You're playing right into what they want you to play into. Which can be dangerous. Well, here's what we do know, and it's partly why we're gonna have Pat Kerwin on the show tomorrow. The real reason we're gonna have Pat Kerwin on the show tomorrow is he couldn't do today. And I said, well, hey, then we'll just talk to you on Friday. And originally he said, okay. And two days goes by. And then he literally calls me and he goes, no, man, there's a lot to talk about. I'm coming on Wednesday. <laughs> so. Was he beside so himself that we took Monday off? He didn't know. Don't even, t- don't bring it up. We don't tell Pat when we take days off. Okay, I won't. We don't take Fridays off generally. We don't take Mondays off or Tuesdays off just for that reason. Right. Don't, don't start getting us in trouble. Now the only chance we have is that the guys at the cart barn at West Bay will inform him if he plays any golf. Right. Don't out us, okay? Let's keep the secret. So, um, so apparently at the Senior Bowl, you know, Pat's, favorite place on earth mobile right right um apparently quite a few teams were coming up to the bears going so um 
What do you want for Fields? And reportedly, the Bears were actually pleasantly surprised at A, how many teams wanted him, and B, what they apparently are willing to give up for him. <laughs> so there you have it. So we don't believe it's a first for Fields. But if multiple teams are interested, it could be a second and. Well, I think teams don't want to give up a one. Would you give up a one for Fields? If you were Atlanta. If I was Atlanta? Yes. Um, and Kirk Cousins has already told you no. Or maybe he hasn't. And you want well, Fields instead of Cousins. But Well, and it's interesting you know, the time frame, how quickly, because in theory, the Bears don't have to do a Fields deal until the draft, right? Right. I mean, if you were the Bears, but then again, if the Bears are going to wait even a little while and you're a team like Atlanta or at Minnesota, although would the Bears do a deal in the division? But, I mean, we could all go through the teams that need a quarterback, never mind a young quarterback. So the timing here, Mark, to get the Bears to do the deal that quickly, you may have to offer more, is my belief. Because they probably believe, well, we can just hold on to them. I mean, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, once they sign, <laughs> Justin Fields, third best quarterback on the market, unless you think Russell Wilson's a better option. But if you're the Bears, you can make the argument you're probably better off holding on to him, right? Unless you're going to give me what I want. And what I want is a one. You offer me a one, I'll give them to you today. You're offering a two and something else, I got four other teams in line offering that. Yeah, I um, I think you're right. I don't think he's worth a one, however. I would not trade a one for him. But I might do a two this year and a three next year. Would you do two twos? I'd really like to stay away from that. Okay. Now, this would be my argument back to you. You obviously think he's going to be your franchise quarterback, right? That's why you're trading for him. Well, you mean to tell me your franchise quarterback's not worth two second-round picks? But I don't know if he's my – I'm hoping. I'm well, hopeful I, that – but, I mean, if you're, if you're trading a one, you think he's your franchise quarterback. If you're trading a right. two, you don't think he's your franchise quarterback. You're acquiring a guy. Okay. But first off, why acquire him if you don't think he's your franchise quarterback? If you know Have what I mean. Have you seen mean... who's playing quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons? <laughs> well, I... uh, no, and I'm, I'm not trying to be a jerk here, but I when I that. have nothing, when I have absolutely nothing at the position, I have to, as you and I have talked about for over a decade, you keep bringing a guy in and see if you got the right guy. Yes, I, I believe so. But, you know, Justin Fields is three years in. Uh, Brian Urlacher said something the other day that I thought was pretty smart. 
he was being interviewed about Justin Fields. And he simply said, if you don't know the answer after three years, and the answer is no. I mean, three years in, you should know. About anybody, never mind a quarterback. You should know. And so Urlacher was basically saying, if you're asking the question, the answer is no. Then the answer is, I mean, then if the Bears are trading him, then the answer is no. Because if they right. have, because because you haven't seen him over those three years, so you as another team can't really make a decision based on what you've seen in the games he's played. You've not been around practice. You've not been in the room. You don't know. You can you can find out a lot of these things, but then the answer is ultimately no. So no one should trade for him based on what Erlacher's saying. Well, that's not necessarily true because like the Falcons are picking eighth. I'm sure they don't want to give up the eighth pick of the draft for Justin Fields. But if you deep down feel he's, if we got Justin Fields, he's a franchise quarterback. We don't have to worry about a quarterback for seven, eight, ten years. Well, then you wouldn't give up a first-round pick for that guy? Hell, you'd give up multiple first-round picks for that guy. So here, you know, Minnesota at 11. I'm sure, you know, Denver at 12, by the way. I mean, they got to decide here pretty soon. What are they going to do with Russ? Now, I don't think Sean Payton wants any part of Justin Fields, but the Raiders at 13. Who's their quarterback again? Aiden, Aiden O'Connell. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Seattle, by the way, at 16. You married to Geno? You know. Pittsburgh at 20. Well, now, this is there's been a lot of talk out there that there's basically a civil war going on inside the Steelers about the quarterback position. Just saying. What do you think it will do you think they'll get a one for fields? Um no. And I don't but, either. But I think they'll get two twos and something else. They'll get three draft picks over two drafts is what I think they'll get for Fields. And I don't know if anybody will offer a better second-round pick than the Falcons, who are eighth overall. Good, bad, and ugly. What's on tap? Today was the day when. It's next. Welcome to the Bonus Hour, brought to you by Jason and Todd at the Diamond District. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. We apologize. We failed you today. No poll question today. And it's a shame, too, because we really should have taken the Anthony Rendon quotes and done something with it to gauge, you know, how much you love whatever it is that you do. Yes. So we may do that tomorrow. We might. In fact, we probably will because it's a hell of a job for us to come up with a poll question. And since David just came up with a pretty good idea, I don't want to waste it. Somebody write uh, it down, though, because otherwise we're going to forget it. That's true. That's true. And besides, I mean, our audience is not surprised that Miller and Moulton are a day or two late and a dollar or two short. So, you know, I mean, not going to hold it against us. So, um, listen... People sent me, I had three people send me the same story, which originates in the 239. 
and they said, is this going to be the bad or the ugly? No. If it's the same story someone sent me, I'm not going there. Okay. Then that's what I said. I said, mm. that's no, the idea. Okay. Look at the idea in this good, bad, and ugly thing is to try to get you to laugh. Right. That the ridiculousness of what someone has done, you will find humor in. The right. story, if it's the one that was sent to me, there's oh, nothing was. humorous about that. It's gross. Uh, well, it's disgusting. That, that's, that's kind of what I thought. But so I'm glad that, you know. The, the know same way I don't enough. bring up, uh, today was a day when, why I don't go to big, horrible anniversaries. I, I leave those out. We don't need to be reminded of those things. Mark, Mark leaves that for me. I was going to say, it always comes in hot after that. Well, so-and-so was shot today. I was Mark, I can't believe you didn't mention back in 82, this mass shooting in Johnstown. It's time for someone to take back this segment, if for no other reason than to stop David from talking about Meghan and Harry. Here's Mark Miller with Today Was the Day When. We start in 1792. The U.S. Postal Service was created, David. Yeah! Happy 232nd birthday. I got your back. If you think about it, stamps are cheap. WOR begins radio transmissions today in 1922. 1959, Hendrix plays his first gig. He was fired because he was too wild on guitar. That's kind of like when they invited Imus to do the White House Correspondents' Dinner, and he took all this heat afterwards, and he looked at everybody and said, Did you not know my act? My shtick? Why are you mad at me? You, you failed, not me. I mean, doesn't Hendrix look at them and go, uh, You booked me, right? Well, he was in a band. The band kicked him out because he was too gotcha. wild. The first band he played in. But yes. Oh. John Glenn becomes the first American to orbit the Earth today in 1962. Espo scored his 50th today in 71, becoming the fastest to score 50 goals. A.J. Foyt wins the Daytona 500 today in 72. He did so by two laps. Maybe green-white checkers, not a bad idea after all. <laughs> Remember we used to have Dave Despain on, and we were talking about the ends of races, and he like quoted, he's like, Richard Petty won a race by six laps one time. What's your guy's problem? Gordy Howe came out of retirement for a million dollars to play with the Houston Arrows today in 1974. Kale Yarborough won the Daytona today in 77. Janet Guthrie would be the first woman to race. She finished 12th. And then he would win again in 83. It was the first time we had an in-car cam in 83 on CBS. Do you know who came up with that? I don't. Ken Squire, the broadcaster. It was his idea. And since Squire and Yarborough were tight, none of the drivers would agree to it. And he got Kale to agree to it. And Kale won, and Squire's on the call, and as he's pulling into victory lane, they're using the in-car camera, and Squire says, well, we've never seen this angle of victory lane before. Very cool. The Marlins opened their first spring training today in 1993. Jeff Gordon would win Daytona today in 2005, and 20-year-old Trevor Bain became the youngest to win Daytona today in 2011. Ansel Adams, Gloria Vanderbilt, Cindy Portier, Bobby Unser, Jay Giles, Walter Becker, and Kurt Cobain all born today. Kurt Cobain would have been 57. Phil Esposito's 82. 
Charles Barkley, 61. Cindy Crawford's 58. Rihanna's 36. And Olivia Rodrigo's 21. Apparently, she's a big deal, David. Trent, tell everybody about Olivia Rodrigo. Started as a Disney star, then got into the music game. She has won a few Grammys. She's pretty big right now. Well, that's why we brought you in. For Happy your 21st. Movement. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that was lateral enough for you. Hey, uh, Tara Lipinski. Oh, by the way, it was 26 years ago. Won the Olympic figure skating gold today. She was 15. Youngest to ever do so. 15. What do you do for the rest of your life? Exactly. Um, but big day today in 85. In Ireland. Okay. You know, remember, the Catholic Church is a pretty big deal over in Ireland. I mean, you know, it's partly why we got this Ireland, Northern Ireland thing. You know, the whole... Right. Yeah. And I don't know, Mark, I mean, you know, you're a Catholic and all. I don't know if you're aware of uh, some of the things that are big with the Catholic Church. But um, anyway, it was today in 1985 that the government of Ireland said, yeah, sure, you can sell contraceptives. Oh, oh, oh talk about passing gas in church. Oh, oh. That went over big. Big. Like a lead big. balloon. Yep. So, there you have it. You've heard folks elsewhere mock, Florida is gonna Florida. Well, Mark Miller sees it differently. He calls it the good, the bad, and the ugly. What you got, Mark? We got a Nebraska for the good. We're Lucas Swarthout of North Platte, Nebraska was cleaning his truck out, and he found a scratcher that he never scratched off. Turns out he won the top prize, a brand-new Ford F-150 truck. Wow. Right. Looking for the VIN number on his truck, found a ticket unscratched, scratched it off, won a new truck. Good for him. Yeah. For the bad, we go to Cape Coral. Where on Saturday night, more than a thousand people lost power after a driver lost control at an intersection. The car was doing donuts trying to be cool when it struck a utility pole, continued up a front yard of a residence, and then struck an LCEC power control box, knocking power out for over 1,000 people. There were four people in the car and three were taken to the hospital. No word on the condition of all three. And finally, the ugly. We go to the gritty streets of Estero, where Deandra Blodnick was, police were called because of her actions. When the officer came in contact with the 27-year-old, she started throwing rocks at him, then an ashtray. You see all this on his body cam. He decides to get into the car to wait for a little backup. That's when she threw a cinder block at his patrol car. No word on what had DeAndra so upset, but she was taken into county jail on charges including aggravated assault. And that is the good, the bad, and the ugly on today, February the 20th, 2024.
What are you throwing a cinder block at a cop car for? Well, not only that, those aren't easy to throw. Exactly. Do you want to do something easier? No NBA till Thursday. You know, it's that whole all-star break thing. NHL tonight, Panthers home for Ottawa. I know they're a big favorite at minus 270. Ottawa winner last night in Tampa. Do we think they can beat the two Florida teams back-to-back? I know, you know, you got to lay like $3 to win one, but do you jump on the Panthers tonight? Because you're thinking, oh, come on, Ottawa's not going to win two in a row. Big number to lay. I know it is. It's a big number saying. to lay. I, I, just saying. I don't think they can win two in a row, but I don't think there's value there, David. Okay. Uh, best game of the night's probably Dallas at Madison Square to face the Rangers. Those are two of the four best teams by point totals in the league. By the way, Panthers, this is their game in hand on the Bruins. They're a point back of Boston for first. They win tonight. They return to first. Speaking of hockey, did you see? I mean, first off, I thought the stadium series went over well. Granted, one of my teams was in it. But did you see what they did in Pittsburgh? Oh, it was cool. They honored Yager. They retired his – okay, all the players for the pregame skate came on wearing fake Yager hair and mullets. And they were – One of the best salads in the history of hockey. Yes. And they were wearing 68 jerseys. And the last guy on the ice was Yager. And so he did the skate around with them. Afterwards, he's given the speech, you know, thank you, this is great. And his mom's standing there and his girlfriend. And, you know, Yager's in his 50s now. And he says, you know, I'd like to thank my girlfriend, what have you. Of course, she was too young to remember me playing here in Pittsburgh. And everybody cracks up. And he says, but don't worry, I told her the stories. <laughs> she it's was, great... um, I, I was reminded how much my wife liked Yarmir Yager when she was a young uh-huh. teenager in Pittsburgh because I had two TVs on. And all of a sudden, we did not have the volume of the Pens game on. Right. And Yarmir goes up in the booth, at which point I was instructed, get the volume of that game on now. Wow. So I think he's on the list. Okay. If if he's not, he was. Well, if you think about it, Bon Jovi, Yager, mullets. Oh, yeah. Okay. Long hair in the back, mullets, obviously very big with your wife. Okay. We got a conundrum tonight. There's only one game that fits our model. It's fifth-ranked Tennessee at Missouri. Missouri is literally winless in the SEC. Are we really going to take Missouri in 11 and a half at home against Tennessee? I like that. They almost beat Ole Miss. Missouri did their last time out. They lost by three. But that's the only game that fits our criteria because San Diego State's ranked. Utah State's not. But Utah State's actually a two and a half point favorite at home. I haven't made a bet in a while. I'm itching. It's a big number. It's a big number. All right. But I mean, if we're going with our, you know, model. We would take Missouri in the 11 and a half tonight. Now, I do want to throw this out there. It doesn't fit our model, but it's a trend. Do you know the last time UConn beat a ranked team on the road? No idea. 2014. Wow. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. 
They were unranked at the time. They beat ranked Memphis 10 years ago on their way to winning the national title. UConn is at 15th ranked Creighton tonight, 830 FS1, 2.5 point favorites are the Huskies. And they're just coming off of that big win at home against Marquette. They were all jacked up for it. They slaughtered Marquette. But they've been slaughtering everybody, David. Correct. Well, they got the big guy healthy. They're they're you know they got their full roster, and it looks right now, last few weeks nobody can touch them, and yet they're only a two and a half point favorite at Creighton. That is screaming upset with the line that low. That line should be five and a half. Every bit of it. The way UConn's been playing here in the last month and a half. But that's Vegas and the big-time betters knowing UConn doesn't beat ranked teams on the road. But is this team different? So I throw that out there. Tennessee fits the criteria. They're 11.5-point favorites at winless in the SEC, Missouri. And then do you take Creighton in the 2.5 and, and say to UConn, hey, beat a ranked team on the road for the first time in 10 years? Hmm. That'll impress me. I'm just saying. And if you want to, ranked San Diego State's at unranked Utah State, but Utah State's home in a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So, listen, I was awful last week. I'm not allowed to make the first bets of the week for us. Would you like Creighton more if we were getting three-and-a-half? <laughs> well, sure. Is that what it is you on know, Hard Rock? That's what it is. I'll tell you what, Creighton can shoot. Yes, they can. Steven Ashworth, shout out. Here's my thing. I say we play all three. Two of them fit our criteria. One does, one's kind of. And the other one is we're just betting a 10-year trend. So, you know, you guys do what you want. Time to make some bets. That's what we do when the show's over. We light up the Hard Rock app. It's like a Christmas tree. Pat Kerwin, Seth Everett on the show tomorrow. If you missed any of the show, you can download it at floridasportsnetwork.com.